All right. Hello and welcome. So I invited the special guests for this podcast, um, and we will be talking about a debate topic, which is this house opposes the commercialization of competitive debating. So we will be not debating this topic. We're just going to be talking about the context and different ideas that um, we could talk about as debate coaches. So Daryl, I'd, I'd like to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Oh, cool. Uh, so my name is Daryl. Um, I've been in debating itself for 17 years now. This is the 17th year I've done it. Uh, here a while. I started out like everybody else uh, training um, under one of the Philippines' debate education programs. So it was in 2009, I think, or maybe earlier. Uh, where I met uh, the guys at uh, at Ateneo in uh, the university where they were doing an Austral's workshop. That was when I was uh, what, 10 years old. So it's, 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 it's a long time. Um, since then, uh, I, you know, did my competitive debating stint, uh, did the world championship, uh, um, did the edge course of a couple of majors. And then instead of uh, going into work life, you know, like the rest of my friends who went into Unilever or like uh, management training programs at banks. I decided to keep doing this education thing in debate. So uh, I moved to China in 2015, and I've been here since then. Uh, yeah, what? Did, that's my journey of it, like a snapshot. What did your journey look like, Bolo, from this? Start? Um, I started out in college. Just wanted to. Um, I just I just wanted to like prove to like my family that I wasn't stupid <laughs> because like I, I was one of the few people who couldn't like pass the the elite colleges in the Philippines. Um, so that was my way of like just showing that I could like stand toe to toe with like the best thinkers of the of, of the Philippines. Um, and then after that, uh, when I got over my pettiness, I just really realized that this is really awesome for altering my perspectives. Um, I'm in life and in terms of like seeing things in a more compassionate lens um, and, and a broader perspective. And that's why like I started coaching in my second year of college when I was just um, entertaining the, the newbies who entered our, our organization. That's why now I'm just super passionate about it because we get to change our minds and change people's minds um, and have a broader perspective where we could be more understanding with people we disagree with. So that's 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 pretty much me. Actually, Daryl, um, ever since I started debating, um, your impression of me is that you're one of the most decorated um, debaters in in the country uh, during the time you were you were competing in college. Would you like to share a couple of of of, of your uh, debate credentials? Okay, sure. So um, in my first attendance to a major tournament was uh, was. Actually, like the ABP in Thailand, I forgot when. It was the first ABP ever. Uh, and I was there with DLSU. Uh, like I was uh, like judging for DLSU then. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, I, it, was, um, it was my first time doing uh, the BP circuit at the university level. So that was a, a great experience. Um, but I did break at that event, just, just like to shatter the entire notion that, oh, right, like success stories have to start with the first big break of the first year. Not, not really, right? Like you could, it, it's a journey. Um, eventually, I went to Austral's as a 17-year-old for Ateneo, uh, and I broke as a first year. Um, there are only a couple of Filipinos who did that, and I broke every year I attended at Austral since then. Um, 
I was chief adjudicator of Asians at ABP in 2013. Uh, and the last major that I adjured was Austral's in 2015 in Korea. Since then, you know, I'm back and forth. Um, but I wanted to go back to what you were discussing just sure. now because yeah. was, that was really interesting. What does it mean when a Filipino family, when they hear their kid is a debater, changes their impression of how intelligent they are like what is that like what is that i i don't, I don't know because my experience with it was quite the opposite like my family is very filipino you know values mm -hmm. are there christian very godly goes to church all the time and they said that it was a big waste of time to debate you know like mm -hmm. going to debate taking away time from your grades and was spending hundreds of dollars for things that they don't really see uh, economically i i'd like to think that i made the right decisions for my career but i always been of the impression that I was disappointing someone in my family. Mm -hmm. Basically, like I'm not, I'm not at school as much as I should be. How is that different for you? Did did they like it? Did they like the fact that you were a debater at home? Yeah. Um. So it's very common within the debate community in the Philippines saying that like debating wouldn't get you anywhere. It's just like intellectual masturbation, as uh, as they call it. Um. And yeah. But I really do think that. Um the the tipping point in which i got to change the perspectives of family members where i see that this is a good thing is when like i got to i got to like change my perspectives about like gay people like i thought it shouldn't be because like i was born in a conservative family um and then when i could just really defend principles of why we could be more compassionate more be uh, we could be inclusive um with how we treat people in the government or like in the family um, that's where like I've felt that I've gotten respect because um, when people will disagree with you about conservative things and non-conservative things, um, that's when like people could just really um, understand and respect that you could defend viewpoints in a provocative and respectful way. And I think that people get to recognize around you that that's a skill um, in real life um, about sharing perspectives and convincing people that's a skill that like we have to use every day um and right now I, I i see it useful with with convincing people to take workshops um working with with government to teach public school teachers how to teach their own students to debate in public speaking and that's just where i felt that i've been making a difference and that's where i felt that people also recognize that that it's important that people get to learn how to express themselves um especially on social issues that are very controversial. I think that's, that's really lucky, ma'am. Uh, How about for you? Experience, the interaction between Filipino culture and debating hasn't been the best, right? So with like older members of my family, you know, um, like we, who are a little more conservative, have firmer set beliefs. It's not just the anti-gay, uh, binary opposites, women should clean at the house kinds of thing. It's also the age thing where talking to your elders and disagreeing with them is in itself wrong without actually looking at your position on the matter. It doesn't matter what you're saying. What matters is you need to take that side. And I can't bridge that, you know, like, mm -hmm. like th that's impacted my relationships with, with family members. Like it's just alien to them. That didn't happen to you. Oh, um, oh, now that you're talking about it. Um, yeah, it's, it still happens until now. Um, I think, that um, I consistently challenge the Filipino culture that we shouldn't talk 
to elders about certain topics or just like when we disagree on normal like daily life things um it is a struggle and i just think that there are ways to challenge things respectfully and there are many times where my conversations with my parents have gotten out of hand and one thing that i have realized is that if i can defend something to a great extent i can also i also have the ability to reconcile using my communication and that's something that is still a challenge for me um and that's what i tend to reflect towards my students that i coach in debate where they have to question my authority consistently because like i'm not the 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 expert of everything and that's where um i tried my best to um honor my my perspective that younger people should be able to challenge um older people's perspectives so yeah you related sounds like Free, you know, creative place. Like that, that sounds good. Uh, my mind right now is on if that happened with us in debating and in our families, what do you think would happen to the same politically involved person uh, in a Filipino family where they never had that critical thinking element? So they just grew up with it. Because, you know, in 2010, 2009, I was working for one of the political parties in the Philippines, uh, Lakas CMB. So that was Gloria Arroyo's party. I was. I was one of their spokespersons for the campaign for, you know, the youth segment trying to get votes uh, when Teodoro was running against uh, Aquino. Uh, and a lot of the people who, you know, were on my team, you know, my, my campaign, were voting for Teodoro for Gibo because, you know, he was, the, the, the slogan was Galing at Talino, right? Like it was always mm-hmm. a very academic, cerebral platform. This guy was a defense secretary for the Philippines. Uh, great grades, uh, Harvard lawyer. So like like all of those things, right? And that sold to that group of people. Almost the entire group, right, voted for Duterte. The entire group that was, you know, like uh, supporting an academic is now supporting, you know, like someone who's the complete opposite of it in campaign and messaging and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, what is the similarity between them that would drive this, you know, core group of people to vote in that, that direction. I, I don't get it. It mm. might be this authority deference thing. Like, mm. I, but I'm not sure. What do you think? My, my perspective on it is it's, there's nothing that has to do with a similarity, but it's about times change and like people also change their minds uh, depending on the context of the current situation. So I think it's like people have been talking about the banner of uh, like be smart, be um, it's good if you're a lawyer, it's good if you're well-educated. Um, and then I just think people in our country just were so fed up with that because that, that formula wasn't working anymore. And people change their minds and I, my, in my perspective, um, would just say, all right, let's try something different. Aside from like an intellectual from uh, Imperial Manila, let's try someone who has like guts and balls from, from Mindanao and um, maybe that will work. So I think one of those sentiments is, is that, and the, the minds of people just change depending on uh, in, in areas where they are disgruntled. Hegel's dialectic, right? Like there's a thesis, antithesis, and you get the synthesis. Yeah. I, I, 
point, the antithesis will destroy the world, though. Like, it, it can't go nuts. Yeah. Um, but inter- uh, when you talked about, uh, like, people who are in political families, um, and, like, I really important um, that the younger generation of, like, our future leaders from, you know, the, the political dynasties could, uh, I, it would be beneficial to our country if they get access to debate or they do debate because, like, in debate, you get to question the structures that you benefit from. And essentially, like, the main topic of, of, of this podcast really is also about the structures that we benefit from because, like, we coach debate professionally and we're also talking about a topic where if we oppose a commercial just like the same system that we benefit from, ideas will come up in terms of um, then how do we move making it better for, for everyone. So I, that's why I think it's really important for, for future leaders of our country, regardless yeah. if it be from a political family or not, um, just to question the structures we benefit from um, is, is let's beneficial. Get, let's get into the meat of that topic then. Um, and like I, before the topic itself, let's talk about access, right? Like what is the access problem in the Philippines? The reason you have this topic here is mm. you've seen the access problem. What is it? Because uh, I, I haven't been there in a while. Like, like to, to give you my background, right? Like, um, I was debate education officer at uh, Athenaeum Debate Society for for a year, and um, when I was there, it was mostly China focused. So I would be uh, on behalf of them and on you know approval from the from both funding and for leave, taking weekends or weeks in China where I would do outreach to universities and schools that want wanted to learn about BP or to get um, mentorship on how to manage their clubs or um, like specialized training if they already know how to debate and just getting ready to break it, you know, like a world's a, a EFL category, if that was their objective or ESL category. Uh, because back then, you know, like it was really hard for people to aim for the open categories. It's, it's a different monster now. Uh, China's evolved a lot. But basically, right, like, like that was what debate education looked like. I didn't get to do as much of that in the Philippines. Uh, and so I don't really know what is the access issue. It's in, in China, it's just talent is not there. So they need to fly it in. At least that was how it was. What is the, I, I think the Philippines has great debate, debating educators, right? So it's not a talent deficit, but what is it? Yeah, I think the access issue um, for me is about students getting to participate in global formats like Asian parliamentary and British parliamentary in the public school system. So like in the private school system, like it's great. Um, like we're around 200 institutions um, that compete in British parliamentary and Asian parliamentary. So the public school system, like they don't have access to these um, global formats like British parliamentary, like the world's uh, WUDC is like the Olympics of debating. Uh, and we just don't have that. Uh, we don't have that tournaments in, in public schools. We don't have uh, coaches teach in public schools. I actually like. I'm really intrigued. Why not? And I think it's. I think like the debate community uh, ha- has yet to like introduce it to the, the 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 government, the public school system, like as a regular thing. Like if you treat basketball as important then like you could also treat like debate like as a legitimate sport as well uh where where students can 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 thrive in and express their own thoughts and greatness so i just think like people like us uh would have to like 
talk to 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 our public school like our local governments that that could be a start so i think that's one of the uh like access problems we have in the philippines but when we talk about like even private schools um debate is not given as much importance compared to like football or or, or basketball or, or even baseball you know what i mean like i don't see universities sponsoring their 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 students in terms of like i don't know clothes or like better facilities and stuff um at least if we compare it towards the extent of like uaap um, um sports so that's why many students can't go to different tournaments all around the world or even in the country because like the funding is low and students have to raise their own money instead of their universities giving them more money so that's my perspective in terms of of, of access and where it's lacking there are two chunks to that uh my university experience is a little different um i going to Ateneo just compared to how much I had to pay in fees to the university for my college education and what I got back in terms of this the income I made from doing part-time debate coaching as a university student and the flights and sponsorship that Ateneo gave me for all of my debating tournaments on behalf of the school it's like it's like I got almost every like every dollar I paid to the university back it's like I didn't pay for school just just getting that value back. I think it was because mm -hmm. the endowment that um, the the like the PLDT used to give at the Ateneo Debating Society was was very generous. So um, I don't think that, that was just predicated on the success of the club, right? It's not just because it was an award-winning club then. Mm -hmm. I think that the members of the club were really motivated to you know pitch the case to mm. anyone and everyone and like look for ways to to, to raise funds um make sure that they you know have the, the psdc is like this outlet so that they make income i think that it's a driver like if we accept that there's no way to make money then no business is going to thrive in the philippines right like like right. there has entrepreneurial spirit but uh on the other thing about public schools i, I the it's a but why situation, but why, right? Like the Singapore, for example, requires all of its students in the school system to learn debating. And it's the same mm -hmm. debating that we do. They might not do it very well. Uh, and they might stop doing it after the required test, right? But they all have to go through that system. Mm -hmm. Could it be because public school teachers have to be licensed and therefore the kind of person that makes it through the educational licensing system to get to become a licensed teacher like that person isn't cut out for teaching debating is, is there a disconnect between an educator taught at like philippine normal university or somewhere where they create teachers and a person who could teach debating is that is that a philippine pedagogical problem um i'm not entirely sure uh so like i taught in southern luzon i uh, sorry southern Leyte uh debate and it's just uh, not one of the priorities, um, and, and and it's fair, right? Like people need to learn their math. People need to learn, like students need to learn, like English first and stuff. So I just really think it's about like normal people like us taking initiative uh, towards it. Um, I think many um, debate material to to teach and coach is just like all for free um, on the on the internet. Um, I guess the culture that we make uh, around it is something that has yet to be nurtured and created. I have a controversial theory about this. Mm -hmm. uh, right, one of, one of yeah. my theories 
Like, I think about this a lot. I care about the country a lot. I care about the public educational system. I care about making sure people have a way to access the lives that we have had. Like both in terms of the important, right? The, the obvious thing is the material. Like a critical thinker has a better access to any career path they'd go to. Also just the, yeah. you know, just the, the moral and intellectual side of it, just getting firmer judgment. My theory is the debating community is, is always at odds with the government. Right, whether it's mm. in the Aquino period or with the president that we get along with, uh, it's a corruption matter, right? Or when it's a president like Estrada or or Duterte, it's blankly a matter of people disagree with the person or the philosophy mm. behind leadership. But there's always a reason to to have that disconnection. Is there anyone in the debating community right now working in the government? Um, I think we have a couple, uh, I, I, or or a lot. I, I just. I'm just not sure. Um, and I don't know. I think like many people after they graduate from college, they're, I mean, it's not their main priority now to, to forward debate. Um, right. Like people who still are reaching out to people are, are any of them actually on the side of the government right now? That's you look at, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about it. Look at Singapore. There's always the involvement of these, you know, like young debaters in government in some capacity. Mm-hmm. If everyone in the country is just like always on an oppositional area, is there anyone who can affect internal change? Right? Yeah, I'm just not entirely sure about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that. I remember right, a very prominent, we're not going to name drop his name, but a very prominent debater in the Philippines was almost Duterte's spokesperson, right? Yeah, almost. Or like assistant spokesperson. Uh, to be fair, right? Like when that news came out, I reacted to it emotionally, right? Like <laughs> in, in, like that, I, I wrote, I, I wrote, I wrote some material about how this is unacceptable on a moral level. Like how can we continue to recognize this person as a member of our society when they want to, you know, like legitimize a murderer, right? Like right. or like like people like, like thinking back, maybe they were on onto something here. Right? Like maybe they were onto something in the sense, okay, look, the Philippine left has failed to get votes. Elections are not looking good for the next 20 years. Why not just find a way to make small tweaks, right? Like the, sab- the people sabotaging Trump in the US. Right? Like maybe he was onto something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the classic debate of like trying to change the system from within or try to change the system from the periphery. So I guess, but for me, I think like a good way to start is, uh, with, with local governments. Um, so I think we have debaters um, who work with local governments um, who can like start small with like the public schools, uh, public schools in this particular, uh, in this particular uh, municipality. So that's accessible. Um, it's, yeah, it's just that like, I don't know. So for me, like sometimes I get just too jaded when I hear the government is because like sometimes I feel that You're you have a part of the project. A little open to working with the establishment. Yeah. So like one of my like one of my reservations to work with the government is that okay, there's gonna be a project and they will need funds, but like perhaps a percentage of these projects would be pocketed by certain people, and I just don't want to be complicit or like just part of that process. Um so that I, I I'm just generalizing saying that I have experience and I know these things. Um, I think that's where it also comes from. Like many debaters like us like are just, are just jaded because of the, 
because of how how we operate as so yeah that's <laughs> pretty much it so, but, since you're up now and like we've we've gone on a tangent here let's try to get sorry. back to, to the form right let's talk about money itself let's talk about business uh the topic right like so would the yeah. audience be see the topic while we're talking oh so I'm they have like posted like on the like what when, when it's posted like i'll just basically like so what i want to hear from you now is so yeah while there's topic like what is this like what are you imagining this debate to be about yeah um so for me like the commercialization of competitive debating can come in like so many different forms right um so like in the info slide when this uh motion was released in one of the uh most recent online tournaments um the, the examples are like profit debate training like like what i do um uh paid workshops like what i do um paying ia salary so like what people in, in who organize tournaments do or paying pros to speak with with wealthy beginners um so i think it's just like a, a broad um uh context in terms of commercialized uh, uh competitive debating so sorry what was the question i forgot like i went off tangent um came out in an actual tournament which one um i am i have to check i have to check um but it came out on a grand final um and i a think our recording was also available i just haven't watched it, it, it uh, philippines tournament or a no, no, tournament outside no, it's it's outside it's like a, it's an international tournament so i think like if i'm not mistaken it's like parasat ivy i'm not e even sure if i'm pronouncing pronouncing that um, correct in particular um, but in terms of like, just thinking about it, right. Cause like we were talking about like questioning the, the systems that we benefit from, like, I was just like really wondering, like if I were to defend this topic, like as, as in government or affirmative side of opposing the commercialization of competitive debating, like, what would I say? And one of the things that I came up with, um, and it, this has been a lingering thought in my mind ever since I started, um, um, coaching debate um, like uh, for international school students is that I benefit from a structure where parents are obsessed with their student with their children winning doing well getting medals and sometimes the process of of getting there is insanely tough like I need to tell my students to read like so many different things and then I need them to train every day i need them to develop habits and sometimes it's not what they want but it's what the parents want and i'm incentivized to push them to be the greatest debaters that they can be so that if they do well i get like word of mouth like advertising and i'd have more like students and i get to do the 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 coaching that i love to do um, so I just think there's an incentive structure within the parents, within me, and within the student where because of the money that I get and the, and the payment and like just more students and like getting to develop my programs even further, um, I recognize that there are students who just don't like this and, and they're just pressured by their parents. And that's where I feel that Am I, and I ask myself the question, am I prioritizing the profit? Am I prioritizing the business model? Or am I prioritizing the well-being 
of, of, of the students. And as a teacher and debate coach, like obviously the latter should be the, the priority. And that's where like I struggle with finding that balance because I want them to do well. And there are things that are really tough where they have to train, they have to read a lot of things. And I'm just looking for the balance of fulfillment and, and doing really well. Um, so just like one thing that I want to say, it's like Michael Jordan, when uh, just like the last episode of The Last Dance was like aired today, uh, released today, uh, Michael Jordan like had to talk to his teammates where they just didn't want to be around, around him, but that's what it took for them to get pushed to be on a different level. And sometimes that's my mindset. Like if you want to be a champion, you got to do the things that you don't want to do so that you, gotta, so you can do the things that you want to do in the future. Um, so, but I don't want to be like Michael Jordan where like my teammates hate me just so I could get like shiny things around my neck and shiny things that I could like show people on social media. So that's like one of the first things that came into my mind. Um, if I were to oppose the structure that I benefit from is that like, I stress out many students, um, because parents tell me that they, they want their students to do insanely well and perform high. And that's where I struggle in terms of the balance of, of, of high performance and, and well-being and student well-being. So, yeah. And, and how about for you? Um, I don't know. So how do you go about this? Um, would you also want to talk about, like, what would you be talking about if you were affirmative for this, for this topic? Or, like, would you want to go straight to, um, if you were opposition, yeah. would you be launching? That's valuable to stay on the AF uh, because that's completely not where I would bring the case from on AF because mm -hmm. you'd be rebutted from the op leader immediately and they'd say, uh, this will happen with any activity. You don't mm -hmm. sell in debating. Parents are going to do this with something else and it might yeah, not like be Yeah, like basketball, quiz bees. Model UN, right? Like, right. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, it's the, it feels good to bring out argument and it's a, it's, it's, it's a good introspection as well to your own moral compass, Bolo, but like, yeah. as my, How about for you? Not running, mm -hmm. yeah, if I were just trying to win the debate, right. I think the most toxic part of the commercialization of the activity would be the, the feedback loop and how mm -hmm. standards go down because if the incentives are to make money, uh, and you want to make as much money as possible then all of your analysis about them becoming good and that satisfies the parent, therefore they go in the cycle, means instead of me working hard to be a better coach and making them better debaters, I could hijack the competition model so that no matter what happens, they win something. And then the feedback becomes an echo and then other people believe in the same thing. They get in the same hamster wheel where they're not winning Australs, they're not winning Asians, they're not winning worlds. They're winning, you know, like small, like, like, like tournaments that aren't even BP anymore, like you could memorize speeches for and then tell yourself that you're a debater, right? Like, I think that's the bigger F in the sense that you lose intellectual rigor, you lose the critical thinking, you create, um, if the value of it is college, for example, and they get to college, either they squeeze through the cracks because they think that they are like a top world school debater, but they get there and then they don't have the skills. So they end up not, not having that personality, not having that, that, that can-do attitude. So they end up failing college or, you know, not fitting in. Or what I think is happening now, right, in the industry, colleges are catching on. 
colleges mm-hmm. are learning that a lot of these debate tournaments are useless and it this it hurts everyone else who's actually you know like in a, in the game to contribute something to a top club like Yale or Harvard right like like eventually like it hurts all debaters when the stereotype is oh it's an english language public speaking i memorized something like contest i think i would govet somewhere in that direction like I commercialization see. is uh, like that what do you I think it, sorry uh, um is it like because there's so many profit incentives that people are discovering now that um, they can release a bunch of tournaments where whatever like credentials you get from those tournaments wouldn't mean yeah. any, at all? It, I see. I, Got it. I, yeah. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like I could observe that where there are tournaments where they, they give out like 600 mm-hmm to like a, a bunch like like a lot of students uh, i'm just not gonna name tournaments um uh but yeah um people are just there to like get a medal and a stuffed toy and, and stuff i met the guy who runs that event and they recently started a, a philippines like like chapter of it what do they call it the, i don't like, know i don't uh, want to name drop it like it's like <laughs> I, I met the guy and like it's 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 it we're not gonna name it because you know you get sued but basically yeah. right like <laughs> Profit model company. It's registered as an NGO in the United States. At every regional round they host, and there's almost 111 of them. Mm-hmm. Those are all profit, like like collections of fees. Now, if they can claim to be an NGO and they have that in with an international school because of the U.S. license, they don't really need to declare that they're making money in Thailand or in the Philippines or in yeah. I know. Right. So like, that's what I mean. That's commercialization. Right. I, I hope we can get to a point because, you know, my heart is in the op of this case. Right. Like, I hope we right. get to a point where we have that scale without the quality drop and we're not going to give 600 medals away because it's okay to lose. Right. Like I want to nurture that belief that, you know, you should cherish your losses, especially if mm-hmm. they were hard fought losses and they were high quality losses. But like, yeah, like I think that that's what's happening and it's, it's pretty crappy. Got it. Um, another, uh, like, I don't know, a, an idea that I'd launch, I guess, uh, is about, like, people aren't fostering the sense of community because if I don't get into the semifinal or a grand final as a debater or a judge, that means, like, I'm not going to be invited to this tournament, like, in Europe or in China where they'd pay me as a subsidized adjudicator and I'd, I'd get more money. Um, and that's where, um, especially when I was like in my last years of, 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 of competitive debating in college, I was like, it's all about the result. And I don't care about my teammates anymore. I'm going to do my best. And, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do really well. So in the future, I'm going to, uh, to, to, to different countries and, and, and earn money as a subsidized judge or be invited as a, as a adjudicator and get free flights and all these things. Um, and that's where like, I was not willing to teach my, uh, like other people from the Philippine debate community, uh, like new, like new skills or new frameworks, because I know they're going to go up against me and they might know like how I think and use that against me. And I just felt that, um, it was a, like I built toxic relationships because I knew that if I did well, new opportunities for me to to go around the world and, and earn money would be there. So, 
um, that's one thing also that I'd, I'd launch as a as my experience as a as a, a debater uh, in in varsity during mm-hmm. university. It really hurts me to hear that, man. Right? Like it's like I think. Firstly, if people up to now watching this and listening to this think that the only way you're going to get work out of debating is if you're a jerk to everyone else and win a bunch of speaker prizes and like like win tournaments, like that's not how this business rolls. In fact, reliability, your ability to wake up early for the job, to show mm. up on time, to not, you know, like miss out on paperwork, like that is potentially 60% of the it and your cv uh is great and you need to meet the requirement but there's more than the job to coach the a team of a club right there are so many debaters on the ladder i can only use like so many australs worlds euros champions i don't need all of those right it's a it's a business thing it's it's sad to hear that that's did did that really happen so in the philippines like people would try to i'm just speaking for myself I'm just speaking for myself. I mean, I like it, it takes something to acknowledge that. Um, uh, and that's what I learned really late, what you were talking about, about like, it doesn't really like credentials is just like a, a, a percentage of it, but it's not the bulk because uh, when I started like debating and running workshops, I started running workshops um, and I, I got to work with uh, the national commission of culture and the arts and, and Dep ed. Um, it wasn't because of my credentials. It was because they knew like I was teaching debate here and there for free. Um, you know, like out of my own pocket, I'd go to a different, uh, different province and, 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 and agcore there and, and, and give talks there. Um, so that's what I discovered lately. Um, actually, my, uh, so I run like workshops, like summer workshops and winter workshops for Koreans who fly over to the Philippines. And it actually started because I was giving lessons for free and they said okay if uh we want this to be consistent and and i told them if for for it to be consistent and uh, if you want me to give like so much focus on it here is my my offer this is what would make it sustainable and they agreed and that's where i started like this education company and i got people to work with me because out of me doing what i love and me just like providing value um to them so that's when i learned really late like after college that uh that's where i can get my success from so but but i'm sure that the commercialization aspect of it um when i was when i was way younger i thought like people valued the brand of being a champion at something or at a tournament i'd hesitate to say that's inherent to commercialization i think Mm. that's inherent to the culture of university debating in the philippines you know like coming up you know coming out of the high school circuit into the university one, I had lots of friends who were, you know, I was an idea kid. Uh, is idea still around? Idea still around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is around. Ideas, I was an idea kid. And like a lot of my seniors went to, to different universities and, you know, back in school at high school, we would all talk to each other. We're all friends, but you know, like coming to university, they were saying, you know, it's really different here, Daryl. Like we might, not be able to talk to each other anymore because contingents don't really talk like to each other like they there's no mingling there's a lot of tension especially when alumni are watching like you're not Mm. supposed to appear like you're friends with 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 certain people i think that like i'm not sure what happened with you guys but that was the biggest factor for like not nurturing each other as an ecosystem when when i was in university Mm. it's like uh like 
it, it, it was always, and like I, in, in my head, I hope that that's changed. And I think that it has changed a lot observing how people mm-hmm. behave now and people treat each other now. But back in the day, I think like it, it was, it was really clear that, you know, like, like an old guard Ateneo, like alumni or like, like the older seniors would just like completely not accept the possibility mm-hmm. of a UPD win at a tournament, right? Like yeah. it's, you have or not you're disowned from the club or right? mm-hmm. like you or how did tryouts work yeah. when you, when you debater i actually get your point um like so like the argument that i or the idea that i wanted to launch could be responded to by saying that that type of toxicity can still happen with uh with with, with non-commercialization and that actually exists before when like it was less commercialized so uh yeah i i, I really do uh get that point um in terms the of the money does that argument like when at the peak of my freelancing, like, like, cause like my, the stages of my career in debating in terms of just making money was, uh, I was freelancing. Then I moved to China where I did sales for, for a company. I wasn't a debate coach. I was working in a sales department, like selling education product related to debating. And then I, I started f- debate coaching again, except for a Hong Kong firm. Uh, the interesting part when I was a freelancer was I was in direct competition with other Filipino debate educators, or I guess with one other Filipino debate educator. And because uh, at that time, the Malaysians weren't as active and the Singaporeans weren't as active, the people in East Asia were either just going to hire that person or me. And it was a, it was pretty weird, like, like, like system where you had your professional network, and uh, they, if they prefer you, they wouldn't be hiring the other person and vice versa. So mm-hmm. yeah, the t- it still works, but you got to nuance it to the fact that money creates incentives for you to, to block, right? Like, mm-hmm. like opportunities scaling and it cascades. So that means that I would promote like people who I knew were within my sphere of either, either sphere of like sphere of competitiveness because they were from the same club or mm-hmm. even if they weren't from Ateneo, like they were from other clubs, but I just knew that, you know, like, like we play nicely and I could trust these people. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it creates these clicks things. You could still run the argument. It's just mm-hmm. that it has to to like vested interest uh, and yeah. not just, I want rich, but I want to scale up. And if I know right. I could put this guy from this school in here and they would keep my interests, right. Like it's like planting, seeds or something like that that is a pop thing you could run yeah like i think um the 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 money as the as a key concept need has to be characterized on how that shapes like incentive structures i think for that argument to fly what would you say uh if 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 you were an op i think the most like like putting myself away first and my own biases of it. Mm-hmm. I think the most strategic argument really has to be the labor involved. And it's just a, a, a recognition of labor argument that commercialization has allowed for a lot of debaters who would otherwise not be paid, rewarded for their hard work, for their dedication to get paid. Um, a lot of the people who say that you shouldn't be paid for debating came from, you know, a big position of privilege. You know, they're already from rich families. They do this as a hobby and that's fine, but not everyone comes from this background. A lot of people, you know, want to do this, enjoy doing this, but need to be paid in order to continue doing this. 
right? It's not just a matter of, oh, I'll just tell dad I'm not going to show up at the company that we own, right? Like it's not, not everyone's from that kind of family. So I think that if you are a good debater and you're a good coach and you provide services and we replace the word debating with football mm-hmm. or ballet or any other activity, we wouldn't treat it the same manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the harm is you allow people to be taken advantage of by a collective that is only preserving that norm because it was started by elites, right? It mm-hmm. started from Oxford. It started from, 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 from top universities. And, you know, like they don't need the money, but other people do need it to continue doing the activity. So, in fact, you could extend that into saying that it's a gatekeeping of privilege to assert, oh, we don't want you to make money from it. So, I'm going to let you die and I'm going to let your career finish with you having no sustainable way to continue this. So that the people who will continue it or the people who will stay around and become dinosaurs are just the people who can afford it because they're already rich part, right? Like I intuitively, I'm a BP debater, right? Like the extension of that is a privileged gatekeeping. So let's say two people, right? They finish university at the same time. One of them has the money to not have to do a day job as seriously or maybe at all. Right, they could just live off of what property they rent out or a company that their family owns, and they want to continue writing and debating and judging. That's accessible for them. An mm-hmm. individual who that family background who wants to do all of that has to trade that off with making an income and providing for their family. When, in all fairness, if they were great, right, if they were good at the job and they were good at debate coaching, they could potentially mm-hmm. be in the business, growing this out and enjoying their life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like why, why can't we create a path for Kobe's or for, you know, like Steph Curry's to come out of debating, right? Like it's just, we've divorced it because of the history when it deserves, you know, it deserves a chance. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves a chance to scale up that direction. Yeah. I, I, I think that is like, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I would also like, like coming from where you were ending in terms of if we want more people to access debate than and if there's more like money surrounding the people who promote debate then that's where like people can also have like corporate social responsibility programs where like there are some companies who i'm just not going to name name companies like who just share their 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 lesson plans um just for free and it's easily accessible in just like uh two clicks um or in terms of like me, I get to coach for free for different debate organizations because I know that that can be used as my own training so that when I forward my own debate programs to, to clients from international schools, then like I'd be better. So like I have a natural incentive to keep on coaching offer free um, as long as I get better as well. But if I also like become successful in terms of my profit margins, that allows me to create like a corporate social responsibility program where I could like introduce this uh, format to like different provinces that don't have access to this debate format. Um, so I- I'd run the extension of like a corporate social responsibility thing, and that's where um, it get the access gets faster. Okay. Um, but actually, when you were talking about Kobe's or like Steph Curry's, um, like I was also thinking about like how how do we want to treat competitive debating? Do we want to treat it something that is exclusive to the academe, 
or is it something that we want to treat like a sport, right? Because if what? right, so I mm-hmm. go, go ahead. Were you gonna- no? Because like if you can, if you treat it like a sport, like uh, just like in the best case scenario that like um, there there's a lot of audience for for competitive debating. Um, that means that there would be like people like us who could be like debating and then like uh, just like uh, mm-hmm. get fan base out of it. Like in, in the future, like if that's the best case, right? If it's really like a, a sport and then we can have the equivalent to like NBA cares where we donate more stuff and, and like provide like NBA education of basketball and all that stuff and like what LeBron is doing. Um, I'm just like seeing it in best case scenario. Um, how do you want to, is it something that like belongs to the academy or should it be like a, a sport that, that could be part of the culture uh, in the future? But that's like an airy argument for me. Yeah. It, it's not an airy fairy thing. That's exactly what I'm, I'm working on. And the infrastructure mm. for that in debating already exists. People want to attend universities uh, like, like Yale, Harvard, Oxford, Cambridge, and they all have debate clubs. There's an underlying infrastructure where you already have merchandise that's been plotted on how often it sells sweatshirts and mugs and you have people who know the academic capstone of those organizations is their debating society mm-hmm. right like it flying stuff already exists uh funny that you should say is it an academic or sports discussion because mm-hmm. i think that there a podcast last weekend saying the opposite view which is that it should be academic i, I completely mm-hmm. disagree I think that it should turn into sports. I think that the future of debating, in order for this to become like the model that swim coaches do, because in the Philippines, you have so many people teaching swimming or football, and they're not part of some big organization. Most of them never went to the Olympics, but they're just good at what they do. It's because there's yeah. a natural anic demand for the kuya that could teach you how to swim, right? And yeah. that's because no matter where you're from, no matter what school you're in, if you're recognized as a good swimmer, you know, and you enjoy it, either, you know, you do it as an amateur, you win your, your, your local meet, or one day you play for Team Filipinas, right? Yeah. So having a model that's democratized all the way in that direction is going to make it so that anyone, any Daryl, any Bolo, any barangay in the Philippines can go to the barangay hall, have a classroom or seminar room, and that has like a, like, like a ladder effect into one day mm. being debate for your country but it needs to be democratized what that yeah. means is you have like the structure evolves into espn no more yeah. world university debating championship no more world schools debating championship it's just like a creation of a set of rules so that you can score points a way for judges to access any tournament in the world and with digital judges it's now possible right because you have adjudicators online yeah. um and really like but you could debate so you'll still have a national team, you still have an Olympics, but you can have an Australian Open, you can have Wimbledon, you can have, you know, like tournaments like, like, like with, with clubs, the esports model of Dota 2, right? Like, like yeah. that created too. I think yeah. it's very, very, it's happening. I right. give it five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you call this? And the way I'd like impact that out with an example is like the ABS-CBN news channel. Um, they have a, a show called Square Off where like college debaters who uh, go into law school um, would debate on national t- television about social issues. I think the positive impact of that is because now it's competitive. It's like different brands of different schools are, are, are competing. There's like traction about it. 
but also traction with the social issue that we need to talk about, whether it's about like tariffs, whether it, it, it's about like holding some officials to account or changing government structures. So I think because there's a commercialization aspect of it, like ANC, um, ABS-CBN News Channel earns from the ads that it gets, uh, gets they have a natural incentive to invite um, debaters and, and law school students to talk about these issues. And I just think that people in society gets more involved with, 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 with being in the know about what empowers them as a citizen. So that's how I'd like layer that example and impact. Um, Did you know Square Off used to have a, like a direct relationship with UADC? I did not know that. I, I, yeah. I didn't know that. Like, like at national, like qualifier regionally, so not all the Metro Manila schools could get spots because you know there's a concentration. But basically, like there's an octos all the way to final, and if you won, you got free reg, free flights to wherever UADC was that year. It's so like it's it used to be actually ours. They moved it to the law uh, law debate section because. You know, the law firms wanted to sponsor something to directly let them see potential um, in people graduating. Well, not always, because not all their con- debaters were graduating students. But yeah, like basically to see the potential for possible hires. Yeah. But TV- now, now I'm actually super curious, because like I really, like with my biases and biases aside, like I really find it like as a, I don't know. I don't think it's a winning argument, but I, I really like that argument in terms of, yeah, let's treat it like a sport. And like, if we were like closing government in, in this debate, like how would we respond to, to that? Like, it's nice to treat it like a sport instead of like an academic thing. Um, as G. Like, how would you take, uh, what, what would be, be your take on it? Like, now it's not democratized, but a certain group of people can control a selection for five debaters to represent millions of people in the country and then tell everyone else who didn't make that selection that they should stop debating the high school level, try again in college, right? So it's already, there's no sport, right? But already you have uh, like methodologies for corruption available. I don't think it is corrupt in the Philippines, but I've seen how this could become a money-making venture in different countries just because they have that gatekeeping control. Right. So how does that worsen under a democratized sporting system? Basically, you could create bad forms of debating, just like what we talked about earlier. And if you win those, you create a feedback loop and then you eventually dis, you know, you try to create disinformation to tell others that the proper debating tournaments where you could win are less valuable and less, less mm-hmm. contributory to your future you know, like prospect in college or critical thinking. So it, it can get toxic. Um, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's not a silver bullet argument, right? Like, especially a lot of money is involved and power is involved. It, you, you, it could be very corrupt. Yeah, um, what do you call this? Uh, my take on it is that it's going to be hard to treat it like a sport because like compared to basketball, it's like, it's really just like hoop, number of hoops that go into the ring, a number of balls that go into the hoop, like you'd win and that's the score. But in terms of like judging, like we really can't say like who really won that thing. And there's like a lot of arbitrary aspects that that, that, that we we consider as well. And and I think the, the judging part of it and like discussing who won and stuff like that, those are the things that tend to 
be boring and nobody really wants to listen to. Sometimes, like just just for me, I just want to know the freaking result. If like if like my team or like my 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 guy won the that particular debate. Um, but also, it's like the impact of if one person or like one team or one side wins that debate. Is that something that society would also view? as correct or something that would we'd be celebrating so like for example like michael jordan celebrated all around the world because he can shoot hoops right and that's just like that that's just that but in terms of like someone who would win a debate about a con- contentious issue is that something that people would already believe and like is that healthy that we like we give credit to the argument because they won that particular round based on the number of votes uh, judges have and just one thing that I wanted to point out um, and I'm not going to name any names but there was one tournament that is uh, released on, so, uh, on, on media I'm not going to say whatever media where my team and I had to say that the motion that was you were they were asking us to debate is something that is dangerous and we're not willing to defend and it's not a balanced like debate so, okay. and, and that's why we, 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 we gave like position papers saying that this is not a balanced debate. This is not a healthy debate. Can you please change it to this topic? And the thing is, so it was good that our team was courageous enough to, 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 to point that out, that that's not a healthy discussion for, 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 for our, our, our society. Um, and then... Yeah, so that didn't push through. Um, and what we proposed pushed through. Um, we ended up losing the, the, that, that, that debate, which is, was all fine. At least it was a healthy discussion. But that's where when you talked about like, power structures, like, yeah, that, that could be a real thing where we get to use the best minds of the people where it's tel- like, like um, there's a huge media reach and, and like validate certain discussions where we don't think it would be healthy mm-hmm. for us to talk about so um that's the danger where, where i see um when we talk about powerful companies and then people being involved in it um would be a danger if it's treated like a, a sport that is super successful but th- that's like i i see holes in my arguments or, or my responses to to, to to that idea but um so i'm just saying that like if you treat it as as a sport like i'm just worried about like what motions would be fielded in terms of like, is it a healthy conversation? Um, and we were also questioning that in terms of my, of my team where we knew it was going to be released on, on, on media platforms. Uh, so I just see that, that danger of that where, you know, if, if I was getting paid to debate a certain topic, like I wouldn't be questioning it. I get that. I think, there's one thing I would say, which I don't, you know, like a lot of people disagree with. The other two things, you know, just like technical with what you said. So accountability is on the rise of debating. And there are lots of gross things that we can do and we should be doing, which a lot of debaters and judges are not ready for. But, you know, like I'm building tournaments where this is going to happen. For example, no more single, single chair judging at rounds. And all panels have to have discussions and all discussions have to be taped and all those tape discussions have to go online so people could see what these judges did. And then these judges results would be on a directory so we could see how they score. And if they're a known score inflator, they would be called out for it. 
if they are known like to give bad scores to certain teams or certain geographical locations, they have a track record that follows them. And if you want to participate in tournaments that I'm going to host in the future, I hope that I can make that a requirement, right? Mm. Like basically, it's going to become a lot more objective because a lot of it's going to become a lot more transparent. Uh, and that thing about recording judge panel discussions and seeing how they behave and what they would do depending on who's debating or what the topic is and creating that consistent track record, especially when we could record all of it on Zoom, right? A lot of yeah. bad judges or like, well, I don't think there are a lot of them left. I think a lot of them are getting weaned out by a system that's been able to call out, you know, toxic, corrupt people. But a lot of them were still around, right? The system, especially with the, the accountability and the recordings is going to wean out. Mm. The other thing about companies putting on controversial topics. I mean, we've both worked in China. There are ways where we can limit that discussion. And I think the natural incentive of a company would be not to alienate their viewer base. So I guess the future telling part of this is, it's probably not gonna get that bad because it's gonna be bad for money if it mm. ends up that you have them defend topics that are controversial. But the part that I, not a lot of people would agree with me on is, I. You know, debating used to be the space to have those uncomfortable conversations. Mm. And like, I think that if you're going to get hurt by it, we could have trigger warnings. But if debaters can't be the ones to talk about these sensitive issues and the underlying argument is let's let your imagination judgment do it for you. Right? We don't need to talk about it because it's not a healthy discussion. Well, that's great if I could trust everyone to have the same IQ as me or someone who I could trust to have analysis of that issue. I mm. say that to someone who has bad moral judgment. I say that to someone who has incomplete moral judgment because they're young and they, oh, we're not supposed to talk about it. I guess what they meant to have was this sort of, like, we don't know what's happening in their heads. I mm. think that if anyone was going to have to have a discussion about it, it has to be a debater. And mm. I think that if we're going to hurt some feelings along the way and if we're going to have people defend bad positions, just remember that that's not the position that they're, you know, they believe in, but we're going to logically exhaust it. And if we're sure that one side should lose that then let them lose, but that's not to say we shouldn't have a debate about it because if we're not going to have a discussion about it, no one has a discussion about it. It goes undiscussed and maybe the bad guys win because no one ever showed us why the bad guys are wrong. Right. So I, I, I dangerous, you know, like I'm a Shang Wu Lee fan. I'm a dangerous spaces debating fan. I think that we should, we should have that because mm -hmm. if we're not going to do it, no one will. So what are your thoughts about, like, there are things, like, we have claims in the debate community that there are things that are just not worth debating or it's a bad motion or it's, like, not debatable. Like, for example, like, supporting dictatorial regimes um, where, like, we have seen, like, Marcos apologists enter the, the Philippine debate circuit uh, Facebook groups and saying, let's debate about, like, whether, like, this dictator was a good dictator like or, like, one of the best, like, uh, leaders that we had in the country um, and just like, the collective stance of, of, of the circuit was that no we don't want to debate those types of topics because like we're just clear that it's it wasn't like um, political like imprisonment and, and killing people for the beliefs and torture is just not something that is worth it despite of like these infrastructure things and like certain projects and policies so like what would be your 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 take on that um so much 
about that, right? First, like you're not uniformly intelligent. Not every member of the PDU group on Facebook is as intelligent as each other. Some of them might know why Marcos was wrong. Some of them are only going to say Marcos is wrong because they're afraid people will judge them, right? Like having that debate in public where you understand how to defend that position when you're with non-debaters like your aunt or your annoying grandpa or like your friend who's mm -hmm. a Marcos apologist, like being able to articulate those comes from seeing better debaters better than you articulate it. So mm -hmm. the debate still needs to happen. I see. Uh, I think PDU people should be more confident about themselves, right? Like, I think that what they're afraid of are a bunch of things like, uh, will they lose a debate? Well, be happy to lose, right? Because if you're defending the wrong position, you do your best, you show the best version of the wrong argument, and you still lose, but you still did a good job, right? I think we should get over the winning or losing thing. Mm -hmm. But also, if they're worried that these people won't listen to them, this is the big thing I've been telling so many of my you know, Filipino friends like all the time, which is the Philippine left is failing because when met with idiots who are voting badly, they say, leave them alone. There's nothing we can do. Well, if you're not going to figure out what to do, who's going to figure out what to do to convince them? Because you're going to keep voting for the wrong people and you're going to keep complaining about it. Never mind a lot of the Philippine left right now are privileged and elite. And because the Philippine left are privileged and elite, a lot of you didn't vote in the election because you don't want to go to a public school and line up in the heat and they have those dirty fingernails, right? Like a, a lot of you did, and a lot, I did, I voted. I didn't have to line up there because I did a postal vote. But the mm -hmm. fact is because of that inertia, right? Like if you're not going to do it, no one will. Like the Philippine left has to get down and dirty and figure out what it takes to change votes because people are dying and no one else is going to do it. It sucks. Got it. Uh, my, my, my stance on that would be um, in tournaments where there are championships and they're like more serious, I think the controversial stuff um, shouldn't be there. I think like I'd, I'd still lean towards like let's have it more balanced. And like, I don't know, like one of the articles I read like back in college is that like there's an explanation why like the Philippine, uh, the, the debate circuit like in general uh, uh, runs towards like liberal values but i agree with you in terms of like we need to discuss these types of things and i think the perfect platform for that would be like exhibition debates or like just like out of tournament debates where the, we can still talk about these things because in reality like for example like our aunts or like our neighbors would still be carrying those like um stances where we just like think that that's just the wrong stance I think, yeah, that those conversations should exist uh, either in the like, podcasts or like in like exit yeah. debates. Um, so, yeah, like I, 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 I see your point of view uh, regarding that. Mm. No, it's, it's also like the, 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 the annoy. So that's true. But the annoying thing that you have to eventually end up doing is you need to acknowledge whoever these people voted for. So if they're popular and they won elections or if they're popular and they're the spokespersons of the Terte, you need to acknowledge your legitimacy as a result of that popular mandate and then debate with them. But they're not going to debate with you if the initial start of the conversation is dismissal of the platform mm. because murder and stuff. Like they, they should be dismissed, but they should be dismissed by you beating them in a debate, not by denying them a platform, allowing that Duterte bubble to incubate and get so much bigger because no one is engaging with them. Mm. Right? They're, it's polarized. It's like the Philippines is a worse impoverished, politically immature version of the U.S. bicameral system, except, for, sorry, bipartisan system, but there are no two parties. It's just, there's no ideology. And I, mm. I think that's because no one wants to legitimize each other. No one wants to say, I lost that 
person because I didn't get enough votes and I'm not popular enough. And we'll see if I can get more votes in the next election, right? Like no one does that. And that's mm-hmm. also in the debating community. That's also in our, you know, legitimizing of forces that we don't agree with. I don't know how it's going to be fixed. I'm not claiming I do. Um, I don't have a solution. But, but the conversations within the community should exist. Conversations with people outside the community so that we can crystallize this PDU or like this community of, you know, like critical thinkers as a liberal, a social democratic force if that's what we want it to be. But that, requires that you understand that other forces out there. I, mm. I, I know tons of people who are on the Duterte camp because I was in La Casa CMD in 2010. Like, and a lot of them did go to college. A lot of them are articulate. They speak English. They went to good schools. They don't, they're not, you're not friends with them because they're insulated from the camp right now. But I'm sure a lot of them would be very happy to have debates with PDU people. And so, I mean, I'm uniquely there because I see both areas. Like, I'm not one of the people who have a Facebook bubble that's just the liberal left because mm-hmm. accidentally, right, a lot of the guys that I was working with politically are now in that camp. Right? Like, if people wanted to have a debate about it, they'd be happy to, because they still trust me because I was a spokesperson. That kind of, they'd be, I'm sure they'd be happy to say, yeah, Daryl says we can have a debate. Let's have a real debate. But it can't be one where you just entrap them and yell at them. Right? Like, there has to be a way where you could convince them to change their votes. Mm-hmm. So if I could make them vote one, one way once, if I could convince them to vote one way, like, in the past, I'm sure we could do it again. It's just I see. a willingness to join that process. I don't know how yet, but, like, yeah. yeah like, um, I feel strongly about that. Yeah, I'd like to echo that in terms of uh, one book that I read from Think Like a Freak. Uh, and it's, it's a chapter about like how to convince people who don't want to be convinced. Um, and it's about letting them know that they are understood to the extent of their, their argument where it's credible. And once you get to acknowledge the strength of their argument, they are likelier to listen to why their argument is faulty but without going towards the extent of, I understand the strength of your argument, they wouldn't be willing to acknowledge the weaknesses of their argument if we don't see the, the, the valid areas of where they speak. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get you, man. And I think, um, yeah, I think we should promote like these controversial topics. Like, cause like, for example, like, a, a debate motion saying that this house supports the current go- administration or the current government, the natural reaction, like for you and me would say, this is so unbalanced, like gov is going to lose. And I don't want also to debate this, this motion because it's just like, not like geared towards the values that I want to espouse or like, there's not a conversation that moves things forward. But I think um talking about like your perspective. It's about if, I get to defend that side and I would then understand the people that I want to convince otherwise that why we shouldn't support this administration or not. But even if like we don't get to convince them, I think the understanding of where they're coming from allows for more compassion or like healthier discussions. Um, and I think that would be the value of debating about it is just understanding the viewpoints of the people that we want to convince otherwise. The value could be much deeper too, though. Uh, mm-hmm. And I say that because you could also potentially change your mind. Anti-Duterte policies about extrajudicial killings, crackdown in the media. I think ABS-CBN should be out. Uh, 
But I'm also very anti-Corazon Aquino. I don't like the fact that the 1987 constitution restricts foreign ownership of capital. I don't like the constriction of the economy so that minimum wage is so low because we can't take advantage of you know, investors from the US or like other countries. I don't like the fact that oligarchs have preserved, you know, like like companies from the, the Spanish era and you don't break down monopolies because they were friends with Aquino. I like there's so many things I don't like about her. There's so many things I don't like about Duterte. And I guess like it's not just about being, you know, like able to put out the point and not get changed, but at least we voice it out. It's also evaluating if we're wrong because mm. we could potentially also be the bad guy here. And when is it, do we have to wait until we're a super minority until we realize we need to change our own stances? Mm-hmm. Do we need to go anti-federalism, anti-parliamentary government just because Duterte is running it? Or can't mm-hmm. we take things by policy? Can't I accept that, yeah, like we need to keep like holding the PNP and AFP accountable to abuses of violence and war, but at the same time agree that it might not be a useful discussion both for opposing the government and opposing his supporters that we mm. call the president names, right? Like what if I went up to a UPD debater and started making fun of them based on what they were wearing or their face, right? Like, like, like it's just, like, it's not just about voicing it out and hoping a Hegelistic synthesis antithesis thing happens. It's also about finding out where we're wrong because mm-hmm. we're not angels here. And like, that's, that's something that we need to start re- like reflecting on. Right, right. Um, actually, that's why I also value debate is because uh, there are many ways where we can understand that we're wrong and we get used to the fact that people disagree with us. And disagreement is okay. And that's where we can evaluate, um, you know, these things. And I also think that, like, on the instance that we are right, assessing that if we're wrong can strengthen the, the defense or the, the, the discussion for the times that we are right. Because we yes. went to the depths of, of acknowledging that if we are wrong, um, what would be the valid viewpoints? Um, and so, yeah, so I think like benefits happen in two ways. Like number one, if we're right, then that means it just gets strengthened and we know how to be more convincing of it. And if we're wrong, then that's where we can reassess and like pivot certain ways to watch what is much healthier and uh, what's just overall beneficial for, for the discussion of, of the, this issue. We're wrapping up here. And I guess some yeah. professional for you know like younger people watching this people who want to apply for jobs you know like people graduating college uh people who want to go on a date or like like ask that 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 guy out right like one thing that a lot of people don't really have their identities wrapped around is the fact that no one wants to talk to somebody who doesn't have a stand on things right Mm -hmm. like no one wants to be dating or hiring the person who just is told what to believe in and then, you know, is worried that they would be seen as oppositional and therefore doesn't take a stand in Mm. something, right? Like people want to hire and date people with backbones. So don't be afraid to let people know what you really feel. If you're Mm -hmm. afraid you're going to get losses in debate tournaments because they're going to profile you as someone who didn't toe the line, 
then your debating circuit's the one that's broken, right? We cherish our individuality, our own stances, and we change them when we get convinced otherwise. But to silence your own brain because you're afraid you'd be judged for having the wrong opinion means you'll have fewer opinions and then you become a worse debater. So yeah. just be yourself, right? Just be yeah. yourself. Yeah. And if they don't like you for who you are, then they won't like you for who you really are. And they shouldn't right. like you for some time. Yeah, and I think... Some young people. Yeah, yeah I think now, the, like, in, just in terms of that, like, in terms of implementing those discussion points, um, the devil is, is, is how it's going to be implemented. Like, would it be in tournaments? Would it be in, in, in different platforms? So um, that's an interesting discussion uh, for, for, for the future uh, moving forward. Um, I don't know, to, to wrap up, uh, just in terms of um, where do we think um, debating in general uh, could move forward? Like, in what areas could it move forward? And, like, what are the certain action points that we advocate for? Um, I'd be interested to know um, what would be steps moving forward towards like enriching the debate community. I feel that the combination of online and offline tournaments after this coronavirus thing is going to end up with offline tournaments coming back to the mainstream, but then judges coming from all over the world. So mm. if our issue Philippines is judging standards and, you know, because our good judges want bias. to debate. Institutional bias. Have a laptop in the middle of the classroom and then there are four teams and you get a good internet connection and a judge who's good at their judging who don't know who you are, what institution you are, is going to be hearing you out. And I think that's going to objectively recognize debaters no matter what institution or how old they are. Right? Like, like I think that that's like yeah. that's Accountability. The theme is accountability. Like getting rid of bad judges and corrupt judges, telling judges who have credentials but aren't good at it to go back to debating because, you know, they need to firm up their skills before they can render judgment because they would be bad for young debaters who are learning the wrong things, mm -hmm. right? Like, like, like accountability across the board and not in an enmatizing way. Like, we don't want to tell them, to, except for the corrupt ones and toxic ones, right? Like, like those ones we have to do something about. But if you're bad at it, but you could get better at it, it's just about recognizing where you are and making sure that, you know, like you're able to help others, like not make it worse because it's like the blind leading the blind, right? Like, like, like that, avoiding that, I think, mm. uh, is what I want for the circuit moving forward. Yeah, that is an interesting idea in terms of like having debates offline, but then like if there's a good mic, audio, stable internet access, and we get like the best judges around the world to just like judge that ob objectively. Um, that's where like also like- Dead eye counsel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's where like wins would also be valid because like um, one of the things that I just experienced in normal tournaments, right? It's like they only won because of clout. They only won because like uh, this and that, but um, that would change the whole thing where there's a champion debater or like a, a well, uh, uh, well-decorated judge that could judge like Philippine tournaments, that would be such a game changer. Um, and that would just like, I don't know, like give more like validity towards like who really won the round or like, I don't know. Uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's really interesting and I'm excited uh, when, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, when that happens. Um, as for me, um, in terms of like, you telling, saying that, like, just be who you are and stuff. Um, 
for me, like what the the a step forward is, is people like debaters who are invested in 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 the in the sport, right, or in the in in this craft. Um, I think a step forward would be people sharing their ideas, their thoughts, and teaching and releasing content um, online for free. Um, I have encountered many people saying that, like, yeah, I do want to do that. Like, I want to give it uh, more access so that the younger people from my high school could learn debate. But they're saying that, well, I'm just not good enough. Like, I don't have these things. And for me, it's about people don't have to be good enough, whatever that means. It's about having a heart to share knowledge that you've gained. And I just think that doing this with, 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 your, cell, with your cell phone and saying, hey, what's up? This is what I learned in, in debate. Like the one thing I learned is about structuring your speech by outlining your main points, one, two, three. So like, even if you're a beginner and you can do that and give access to like, um, your son's neighbor who's in public school who also like debate, um, that would be like a step forward because you're just sharing more information. But even if like you suck at giving out th these information, like the market will still decide whether they'll watch you or not. And that would give you feedback in terms of then how do I become better in terms of relaying information and just spreading talent or spreading uh, uh, these types of um, knowledge all around the world. So for me, that's a step forward. Um, normal people just sharing content and giving value um, because now it's just accessible. And it's just easy. So that, that, that's for me. I'm not saying people should do it. I mean, like, but I think that would be a step forward towards enriching the debate. Oh, yeah, to practice, Bolo. Practice what we're discussing. Just say it. Yeah, people should do it. Yeah. You don't need to listen to it. I think people should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's pretty much it for me. Um, <laughs> Any closing yeah. remarks for you, or <laughs> how do we? How do we? I think. Well, um, if people are watching this pod, are they watching a video or or listening to this on audio? Uh, they're gonna be watching a a, a video. This is just recorded, and then we'll just um, I'll just post it on Facebook or, or YouTube or whatever. Spotify or something, right? Is it? Sorry, sorry. It's not Spotify. No, no. Spotify. I, Spotify. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how to do that yet. I'll, I'll learn it soon, but. Um, well, like, thanks for having me, uh, Bo. I think this was a great discussion, especially going into our tangents about business and politics in the Philippines. Um, if you guys want to, like, get in touch with me or, like, get in touch with me about my projects in China, you could reach me. There's going to be some text here in the podcast, DarylDebating at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be back. Uh, if you have any questions about my, uh, what I've said or, like, want to hear my opinions about other things or details, that, you know, we didn't name out because, like, uh, privacy issues. You know, reach out to me. Well, I'd be happy to talk to you guys about that. Yeah, um, I just want to thank you for your generosity uh, of your time. Like, I, I have an impression that you're a busy man uh, and you're doing a lot of things. Um, and I just really want to thank you for, for being generous to, to share your, your, your perspectives um, and enriching the discussion yeah. of, 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 of this topic. I, I hope we can do this again. I, I, I had a blast. I did not know that, like, we've been doing this for like, like above like an hour. Cause I was just like having a blast. So let's do this again with, with other topics. If, if, if you're free, um, Maybe. Awesome. too, so we could bounce some ideas too. All right. Bye Bolo. Yeah. Bye.